0: Well, I'm excited for us today to dive back into this series called Gateway Next Steps. A few weeks ago, I introduced to us this discipleship framework, this pathway called Next Steps. My prayer and our prayer as a church is to help you take your next step in knowing Jesus and growing in Jesus. We want to make it as clear as possible for you to see your next step on your journey and to see you become the person who God has called you to be and created you to be. Last week we looked at the first step on Gateway Next Steps which is exploring Christianity and maybe you aren't quite ready yet to make that decision to follow Jesus but maybe you are have questions maybe you want to know a little bit more then please head over to our Next Steps page on our website and click on the Exploring Christianity link and we'd love to help you in this journey but today we're going to look at the second step in Gateway Next Steps which is for new Christians We're going to be reading from Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20. These are the words of Jesus to his disciples. And he says this. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I'm going to ask you to do something which you won't hear many pastors telling you to do. For a moment, I'd like you to close your eyes. Now, I know there are some people who'd close their eyes throughout all my sermons anyway, but I'm going to give you permission right now, just for a moment, to close your eyes. Now, imagine that you're about to be a parent. In nine months' time, you are going to have a child. It's your first child. And you're excited. You're scared. And because of that, you want to learn everything that you can possibly to know how to parent your first child. You're excited about it, but you're nervous. So you're going to do some research about how to be the best parent possible. You start reading as many parenting books as you can find. You jump onto the internet and onto YouTube to watch videos and learn how to be a good parent and what to do in different situations so that your child will become a fantastic citizen within society and the dream child for you. You ask family members their advice on how to be good parents. Then you begin the exciting process of decorating the nursery and buying the clothes and getting the pram ready and the toys and... Buying all the nappies and the food that you need ready for the big day. Then finally, fast forward nine months, the big day arrives. You go to the hospital and after many hours of being in labour, maybe yourself or your wife in this situation, after many hours of pain and struggling, the baby is born. Your first child is born. It's the moment that you've waited for. It's the happiest moment of your life. You celebrate either either with your wife or if you were the wife, you celebrate then with your husband. And the first thing you do, you call your family member, you call your friends to tell them the fantastic news about the birth of your child. And then you pack up your things, you leave the hospital and you leave the baby at the hospital. As far as you're concerned, your work is done you prepared, you've done all this preparation, you put in all the hard work, the baby is here and now you're done. You're gonna leave the baby at the hospital. Now, if you did this, if I did this, then people would think that we're crazy and that we are the worst parents ever. And I would agree with that, that you would be the worst parent ever to do that. But you know, spiritually, we often do this. As Christians and as believers, we have this approach to new Christians to spiritual babies as the Bible describes them, spiritual babies in Christ, those who are new Christians who've just made the decision to follow Jesus, those who have just been born again. You know, as Christians, we can put so much energy into bringing somebody to Jesus. We pray for that person. We spend months sharing the good news, the gospel with that, that person. We invite them to church, to special events on Sundays and Christmas and Easter. We spend weeks and months and years sharing the good news with them. We answer all the questions that they have about Christianity. And then they come along and they make that decision in church or wherever you are, in the coffee shop, in the home. They finally make that decision to follow Jesus. But then that's it as far as we're concerned. We've done all this hard work. We've put all the work in for them to come to know Jesus. And then it's like our job is over. We stop. In a sense, we leave them at the spiritual hospital or we dump them off in church and think, right, church, it's your job to do it now. And that's it. We leave it with the pastor. He can disciple you. That's it. Forget about it. And oftentimes the pastor will forget about it neglect it because he's busy or she's busy doing too many other things. And all of a sudden, this person has become a new Christian. They're lost. They don't know what it's all about. They don't know what's happening. They don't know where to go, how to grow. And eventually they'll slip through the cracks and go back to their own lifestyle. We leave these people, fend for themselves and work it out on their own. But you know, Jesus tells us here that when somebody accepts Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, when somebody hears the gospel, hears the good news about what Jesus done, his death and his resurrection, and when they turn away from their sin and place their faith in Jesus, believing he is the Son of God, that what he did on the cross was enough to save them from their sins, that Jesus' death paid the penalty for their sins, And when they ask him to come into their lives and be their Lord and saviour, Jesus says that this is just the beginning of our work as the church and as followers of Jesus. You know, the first few years, in fact, the first few hours, the first few days, the first few months and weeks, they are vital in establishing these new Christians in their walk with the Lord. You know, Jesus gave his own disciples, those who had followed him, given up everything and followed him. He gave them this command Before he ascended into heaven. Matthew 28, verse 18 to 19. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You know, as I shared in the opening message in this next step series, Jesus' heart for every Christian, every new Christian, is to become a disciple. He doesn't just want a church full of converts who've made a decision, accepted him, and that's it. They stay as spiritual babies and they never grow. But Jesus's heart is for followers. We see that throughout Jesus's life and his ministry here on earth, he constantly extended an invitation to humanity, which was to follow him, to learn from him. You know, a disciple, he's called people to be a disciples and a disciple is a learner. It's a follower or a spiritual apprentice. And as we've seen in Jesus's culture, these rabbis, these spiritual teachers, they would have gone around inviting people to follow them, to live with them, to to learn from them, learn about their teachings and eventually to train them up. And eventually these disciples would end up acting and speaking like and behaving like their rabbi, their teacher, and they would become rabbis and then have their own disciples you know, we've seen that Jesus, he is the great teacher. Many people called him rabbi. He is the great teacher and he invited humanity to follow him. He called many people during his time here on earth into, uh, to follow him and he's still calling people today to follow him. He invited people to learn from him and live for him. The ultimate goal of that was for them to become like him and then to help others do exactly the same, And, you know, this is the mission today. That was Jesus' mission 2,000 years ago, but it's still his mission. That was the words that he gave his disciples. The Great Commission was for every follower of Jesus, for his disciples, not just to stay where they are, but then to go and pass on everything to help with the help of the Holy Spirit to make disciples. He's calling all his disciples, all those who are growing in him, who know him, who love him. He's calling the Church, capital C and this church, Gateway Church Camry, to feed, to care, to encourage these new Christians so that they might grow and become mature disciples and followers of Jesus. That's what God's heart is. Now you might be wondering today, how do we do this? How are we gonna do this as a church? How do we do this as believers, as Christians? Because you know, this isn't just the responsibility of the pastor or the spiritual leaders, even though it isn't my responsibility and our responsibility. But actually, this is the call for every disciple. So how do we do it? How do we disciple these new Christians? If the job only begins once they've surrendered these people in our families, our friends, our work colleagues, after they have surrendered their lives to Jesus, after they make that decision, and if the work only then begins, how do we do it? You know, I'm so glad that our saviour Jesus is the example in all things. Jesus didn't just tell us how to do it. But he also showed us how to do it as well. And there are two ways in which we can disciple new Christians and new followers of Jesus. The first way that we do this is to teach new Christians about God and how to live for him. Mark chapter 3 verse 13 to 15 says this. And I'm going to read from the Amplified Version. But this is when Jesus called his, his own disciples, the first 12 disciples. It says this. He went up on the hillside and called those whom he himself wanted and chose, and they came to him. And he appointed twelve disciples, so that they would be with him for instruction, and so that he could send them out to preach the gospel as apostles, that is, as his special messengers, personally chosen representatives, and to have authority and power to cast out demons. And I just want to read verse 20 of Matthew 28, the Great Commission, where Jesus tells his disciples, he says, Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We see that at the start of Jesus' ministry, as he begins entering into ministry, we see that Jesus calls 12 people to follow him And these 12 people, they weren't the perfect people in society. These weren't great religious students. In fact, they were outcasts and people who had messed up in life. But Jesus called these people, these nobodies, he called them to be his followers. And you know what's amazing is as soon as Jesus invited them, they dropped everything and followed him. They left everything behind and they followed him for three and a half years. And we can see their journey following Jesus throughout the Gospels, the first four books, of the new testament they followed him you know in that time in those three and a half years i'm sure they learned an awful lot they lived with jesus they wandered around it from town to town village to village they camped with jesus they would have lived with jesus they seen how jesus behaved how he lived they would have observed him every day they built up a friendship and a relationship with jesus so they knew how he acted his ways his mannerisms They asked him a lot of questions about God, about the things of God. And and Jesus also took time, not only to carry on with his mission, but he took time to teach his disciples as well. Jesus showed them and taught them a lot of things about himself, about him as God. He told them about God. It, It must have been amazing to be there with God in the flesh for three and a half years, walking with him. It must have been absolutely incredible. And Jesus taught them an awful lot about God, about the kingdom of God about prayer, about how to minister. He showed to them and revealed to them God's heart. He taught them how to love their neighbor and to love other people and love their enemies. He told them and showed them how to live in this broken, sinful world. And he also told them about the things that come in the future and about eternal life. These disciples, they watched him every day. They learned so much from him. They watched how he ministered to people, how he prayed for people. They followed him closely, learning from his ways, learning the ways of the kingdom. It's fair to say that even in just three and a half years, because that's how long Jesus ministered for before, before he was crucified on the cross and before he rose again, we see that these disciples had three and a half years, a one-to-one audience learning from Jesus. And he taught them so, so much in these three and a half years. And yet then we read that after his death on the cross and after his resurrection... And before he ascended into heaven, he gives his disciples these instructions. He says that as they've been his followers and they've learned all this from him, it wasn't just for the sake of it, just so they would have head knowledge and know just about God. Because God does want us to know him. He wants us to know his character. He wants you to know him intimately and personally. He's not a a God that's far away, a million miles away. But he's the God who's made a way possible for us to know him through his death, to have a relationship and friendship with him. But he says, look, after these three and a half years, this all this that you've learned wasn't just for head knowledge, but is actually for you to put it into practice and to pass it on. He tells his disciples to tell other people all about him to tell people about his might, to tell people about his love, his life, his grace, his mercy, his sacrifice on the cross, his victory over sin and death, his glorious resurrection, and the hope that we have that he's coming again and made a way possible for us to experience eternal life about the hope of heaven. he says to his disciples, don't keep it to yourselves now, but pass it on. Train our others, teach other people. And you know, that's what he's calling us to do today as well. To pass on his teachings to these new followers all who would accept him as their lord and savior all who would receive his good news he's calling his church and his followers today to do exactly the same just like they did and you can read about how they did it in the Acts, of the, the first book after the four gospels in the new testament it's amazing to see how they lived this out but this is what jesus's mission still is today he wants us as his followers to carry on passing on all that we've learned about God and his teachings, his ways, and how to live for God. And he wants us as disciples, as his followers, those who've walked with Jesus, I'm not saying those who've been in church for many years, but those who've known Jesus and walked with him and loved Jesus and are actually his disciples and are following him. He's calling us to train up new Christians as well to pass on everything that we've learned and know about God and what it means to follow God and love God. And that's our responsibility as a church with new Christians, is to teach them about how to read the Bible, what the Bible is, how it came about, how God speaks to us through the Bible. It's to teach them how to discover God's plan and purpose for their lives. It's to teach them how to pray and seek God and the importance of prayer. As our church, it's our responsibility as believers. It's our responsibility to train up New Christians with the fundamentals of our faith and ultimately to teach these people how to feed themselves spiritually so that they might grow from spiritual babies to become spiritually mature and strong in God and also to teach people how to live this out practically. So this is the first way that Jesus tells us how to do it. He modeled it. He taught his disciples. They observed him, he taught his disciples and he tells his disciples then to teach new Christians as well. We are to teach people about the things of God, about God himself and how to live for God. But we're not only to just teach them about God and how to live for God, but secondly, we are to model to Christians how to live for God. Jesus called his followers to teach these new Christians, yes, but not just to teach them for the sake of teaching them about God but to model it as well, not just to show, tell them this is what you were to do, this is how you were to live, but show them how to do it. I don't know about you, but I like to, I learn best when I'm copying somebody else or learning from somebody else, watching how somebody else does it. You can give me the information, you can give me books and books and instruction manuals how to do something, but more often than not, for example, if I'm putting together a piece of furniture, more often than not, I won't read the instruction manual, but I'll jump straight on YouTube to watch how somebody does it. And it's exactly the same in our Christian walk, in our walk with the Lord and training new Christians and raising up disciples. It's not just about telling people how to do it, but people need to see us living it out and see us living for God. You know, Jesus showed his disciples what it looks like a life surrendered to God. Jesus surrendered to his Father and followed his Father and was obedient to his Father and followed his Father's ways, did the Father's will. And he modeled that to his disciples and they wanted to copy him as well you know that's what i love about our savior is that he practiced what he preached and he encouraged his followers to do exactly the same unfortunately there were religious teachers and rabbis in jesus day who didn't do that these pharisees the scribes the sadducees these religious teachers in Jesus' time they knew an awful lot about god these religious teachers knew the law they knew the Torah. They knew the works of the prophets better than anybody else. They could recite there better than anybody else. They knew the Old Testament scriptures incredibly. But You know, the sad thing is with these religious teachers was they didn't live it out. You know, Jesus often condemned them for it. He condemned them that the fact they knew it all, but they didn't live it out. You know, it's, it's a, quite a strong scene that we see what Jesus says in Matthew 23, verse 27 to 28. It's a strong condemnation from Jesus. He says, what sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. Outwardly, you look like righteous people, but inwardly, your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. You know, that's not what Jesus wants for his followers, his disciples. He doesn't want us just preaching it but he wants us to live in what we preach as well. He calls us to live out what we believe. You know, this a, it was an incredible quote that was given to us as a church by our amazing former pastor, Pastor Robert Baldwin. And he once said this, and it stuck with me. For, I'm sure it'll stick with me forever. He said this, if what you believe doesn't affect the way that you live, then it's not worth believing. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Rob, for that. And it is so true. That's more than just a quote. It is true. If what we believe doesn't affect the way that we live, then it's not worth believing. Jesus doesn't want us just to have head knowledge and know God and know about God, but he wants us to live for him as well. Jesus calls his disciples to live out what they believe and to model to these new Christians, these babies. You know, babies copy their parents, don't they? They copy and pick up the ways of their parents, their mothers and their fathers. And it's the same spiritually as well. Spiritual infants and babies, these new Christians, They'll copy the ways of the existing members within our church. And my prayer is is that we would have a church that's on fire, not just a bunch of people who come to church on a Sunday and that's it, but a bunch of people who are on fire for God, love God, serving God, passionately walking with God every day, growing in God, spending time with God, knowing the presence of God within their lives. And that's what I pray for each and every one of us. Jesus is calling us to model what it looks like, to live for Jesus, what a surrendered life looks like. You know, it says, Jesus says in Matthew 5, verse 13 to 16, he said, you are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It'll be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. The Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4, 20, for the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk, it is living by God's power. The Apostle Paul says later on in Corinthians to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, and you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. And Jesus' half-brother, James, he says in James 1, verse 22 to 25, but don't just listen to God's word, You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. We're to model to new Christians what a life of following Jesus looks like. And you know, it starts with me as the pastor of this church, God has called me to be an example to you, to our congregation of what a life surrendered to Jesus looks like. You know, as it says in the Old Testament in Ezekiel, as the priests do, the people do. And I pray that I would be a shining light for Jesus. I'm not always going to get it right or be perfect, but I pray that God will continue to work in me, mold me and grow me so that I might continue to be like him and lead you as he leads me but, you know, it's not just my responsibility. It's the responsibility of all of us as followers of Jesus. We've all got a model to this broken world, this lost world, what it means to live for Jesus. And so as we come to a conclusion, this is where gateway next steps come in. We want to obey the command of the Lord Jesus. We don't want to just leave these spiritual babies at the church and forget about it and think that's the end of our job. But we want to raise up disciples within this church. We want to be a disciple-making church. We are committed to to discipling new Christians. And so, as a church, we are going to be launching a new Christians course. This course is for all those who've made a decision to follow Jesus, to put their faith and trust in Jesus and to follow him. This course is going to be in person and I'm hoping by the start of 2022, it will be online as well. And there'll be opportunities through Zoom and through apps like that for us to meet and connect, enable for us to be able to connect with you disciple you and go through this course with you but this new christians course is going to teach new christians the fundamentals the basics of our faith these essential doctrines we want to teach people what it means to read the bible how to read the bible how to pray how to live for jesus how to know god's will for your life how to keep following jesus when times get tough and a lot lot more it's going to be a 10-week course and i'm excited to go through this with new christians but My prayer is that it wouldn't just be me taking new Christians through it, but every member of our church, we want to equip you. I want to equip you to take people through this as well, to go through this course with people in your workplace, in your home, in school, on the bus, wherever it is. I want to equip you and give you this course so that we as a church, all of us will be ready and prepared to disciple new Christians. It takes a community to raise up another community, and we want to do that. It's not just the job of just the individual, You know, God has called me to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. That's the role of a pastor, not to do everything, but to equip everybody so that we all can minister and see God's kingdom come. And so I'm going to be doing this as well. Don't worry. I'm not just passing this on, but my prayer for us as a church is that we all would join together with this New Christians course to raise up new Christians. And as I said, we want to model this as a church. It's all of our responsibility to model to everyone What a follower of Jesus looks like. What a disciple of Jesus looks like. And, you know, it's also a challenge as well for those who have surrendered their lives to Jesus. Maybe you're a new Christian. There's a challenge for you as well. And the challenge is, there's three challenges, I believe, as you begin this new journey of following Jesus. I want to encourage you to come with an open heart, ready to hear from Jesus. Number two, I want to encourage you to have a teachable spirit to learn from the Lord and learn from others. And number three, I want to encourage you to be committed to obey what God is telling you to do. Follow God. And as you do those three things, as you have an open heart to God, as you remain teachable and learn from God, learn from others, learn from the Bible, and as you put into practice what you've learned and as you live it out, live out uh, this walk in following Jesus every day, then I believe you'll see God bless you in your life. And you know, I just want to say as well, as we come to the end, that we're not just committed as a church to discipling just new Christians. We want to disciple everybody who's on their walk with the Lord. We want to continue to teach you, to continue to grow, to know more about God. All of us are learning. All of us are growing. I'm still learning. We're all still growing in our walk with the Lord. And that's why we've got Sundays where we learn from God's word. we are gonna we got our prayer meeting. We'll be starting up the Bible study in 2022 again. We want to see all of our congregation. We want to see you, whatever stage you're at, We want to see you grow in your walk with the Lord. And you know, what's the outcome of all of this? What happens when we begin to disciple new Christians? And when we begin to disciple as a church and as followers of Jesus? What will the outcome be? Well, Luke 6 verse 40, Jesus says this. Students are not greater than their teacher. But the student who is fully trained will become like the teacher. We'll see people becoming like Jesus. We'll become like Jesus. And that's God's heart for us. Through the work of his spirit, through the work of his word, we are being changed from glory to glory into his likeness. And that's what God wants within our lives. And so I pray, my prayer for Gateway Church, and as we take this uh, this next step, as we launch this next step, is that we as a church would be a disciple-making church. That we'd see new Christians raised up to become the people who God has called them to be. People who know God, love God, live for God, and also look like Jesus and share Jesus and make disciples with those in the world around him. And I pray that would be all of our prayer as well. Amen.